we had about 40,000 resellers, which that's a really interesting thing because back then, uh, you know, reseller accounts weren't as popular for hosts to offer. Problems like that could be always solved with money. Then, you know, all the world problems could be solved, you know. And that is what is coming up on Bootstrapping Your Dreams show. So stay tuned. Now, here are two powerful words to change your life. What if? What if you do have what it takes? What if you can design your life? What if your crazy dreams do come true? You are here because you have a dream. You have a fire in your belly. You want to change the world and you want to lead the charge in the post-socially distant era. The big question is this, how can ambitious people like us build our dream lives? This podcast gives you the answers. We have created the perfect community of the world's best minds who want to get things done. Survive and thrive in this uncertain world. Join us by navigating to bootstrapping.group. Hello and welcome to this new episode of Bootstrapping Your Dream Show. I'm your host, Manoj Agarwal, and today I have a special guest with me, Timothy Dick. So Timothy is a lifelong seasoned entrepreneur, founder, and CEO that has built multiple successful companies from the ground up. He's a founder and CEO of Wipo and ProfitLayer, and he has been three-time Inc. 5000 CEO. Uh, he has built uh, industry, he has helped build industry icons such as HostGator, which grew from a small company to over 3 million websites hosted during his time there. Uh, he's an active investor with investments in well-known tech companies like Zenefits, Postmates, Instacart, and many more. His broad experience with both small businesses and rapidly scaling large businesses gives him a lot of perspective and insight that he can use to solve the toughest uh, business problems or, and grow and scale a business. Welcome, Tim. Thank you for having me. Happy to, to be here and uh, to uh, chat with you and uh, your audience. Thanks a lot. Um, now, I know you have had tremendous amount of success uh, in your career. So let's uh, uh, start there. Can you tell us uh, some of the early days when you got involved in HostGator? I'm sure it has must okay. have been an insane time of uh, insane growth. Yeah, so, so I was, uh, you know, at the time, that I got involved with HostGator, I was 19. Uh, the founder of, uh, of HostGator was actually three years older than me. We have the same birthday, just three years apart. Um, and we had actually met on a message board online, an industry web hosting message board. Uh, so the short version of how I got to there is that, uh, you know, when uh, you know, first I was born and raised in rural West Virginia. Uh, so it's a very uh, small town, uh, very rural, uh, really a first generation entrepreneur. You know, my, my dad uh, was a coal miner. My uh, mom uh, was a homemaker. Uh, didn't really have uh, any other entrepreneurs, but I always felt kind of uh, different and uh driven and i just uh basically got on the internet you know and uh, once i got on the internet this was uh you know like late 90s early 2000s so you know it was kind of in the 
the uh, fun times or the boom, if you could make a website that had moving text, you know, you were, <laughs> you were uh, golden. So uh, here I was, I was like building websites for people online, just all self-taught. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I don't think that many of those people realized that I was like 13 or 14 years old at the time. But, uh, you know, basically, you know, building websites, got into web hosting, actually was a, got a reseller account and my own dedicated servers and kind of went through, uh, you know, everything to uh, build a, you know, web hosting business and ran that through middle school and high school. Uh, you know, I was basically making six figures then. And it was, it was something that I, I just looked at things. Uh, you know, and just basically, if there was something I didn't know, I knew that I could figure it out. Um, you know, and I knew that uh, just being resourceful and uh, looking and, you know, trying to, you know, just find a way, you know, I could always figure it out. And I always did. Uh, and then after, um, you know, I finished high school, uh, you know, I one of the one of the things I at the time, you know, just uh, like a lot of, you know, a lot of people growing up, like I wanted to leave West Virginia, you know, I wanted to, uh, you know, move somewhere else, really somewhere that was bigger. A fun fact is that, uh, during that whole time, you know, that when I lived with my parents, uh, we did not have broadband. It was not available in the area. So we had dial up. I did have, have my own phone line put in for it. So, you know, wouldn't have to interrupt calls and things, but I did everything on dialogue. So I remember, you know, downloading some stuff even. It was like, you know, you would let it run overnight to, you know, and hope you didn't get disconnected. Um, and it was really exciting. Like whenever I moved, I actually moved to my first apartment. Uh, it was a few hours away and the a little bit more of a larger city in the state, uh, still very small relative to a lot of places, uh, but I could get cable and DSL there. So that was like exciting. So graduation day, moved out. Um, but, you know, I still wanted to go uh, somewhere uh, bigger to a bigger city. Uh, so I had uh, ended up uh, moving to upstate New York at the time and uh, kind of rolled my hosting business into another there and uh did some interesting things there uh you know we had a i was part of uh the management team of a hosting company there and uh we had a quiznos franchise and just did all kinds of stuff and then uh uh we were having some disagreements you know uh, it was something that the the founder there and and i didn't really see eye to eye on a lot of things um we just have different mentalities you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more of a, you know, a quiet, uh, conservative guy, you know, and he was a little bit more of a, let's party all the time, have parties in the office and, you know, just all kinds of stuff that uh, were some differences. So from there, you know, I, I was in the industry, you know, was had a lot of experience in that web hosting industry. And then, uh, you know, I met uh, the HostGator founder, uh, online, we knew each other, and one day he uh, convinced me to move down to Florida, and uh, that was when HostGator was just a 
tiny little company and he said you know it's i think i'm on to something it's uh starting to take off and uh you know i think you can really help uh and there were i was very business oriented uh and it's funny to look back at some of my old archive stuff on the internet because i'm like so formal and i was like i'm more formal when i was like 12 than now but you know i went down and helped uh you know basically build uh the team uh there you know and we uh you know i basically i you know hired a cfo and uh hired uh the first uh hr person and uh we uh had a pretty crazy crazy ride there uh you know we really just focused on the basics and just really providing good service and uh you know build a reputation that just kind of made the company you know take off like a like a rocket really and uh we uh you know we were doing well um and then uh he uh had actually asked me to start another business of some kind you know because he wanted to diversify a little bit so he said why don't you go start something i just want to invest in it and basically it it was a really interesting thing because it was like it took a little bit of convincing you know to do it and uh i ended up uh starting voice of ip business and you know so that was something that for a while i was uh we we spent about two years just in development because we you know we were building out a we were building out a voice of ip network to offer service nationwide and at the time um the iphone wasn't even out yet you know so this was uh uh, you know, like 2006, uh, you know, we were uh, doing this. And so uh, with it, you know, uh, you know, I built it. I, I actually still own uh, that company today. Uh, you know, he I, I bought him out um, a while back. He's uh, not part of it. But, uh, you know, he basically once that business uh, took off, you know, then uh, I uh, phased out of HostGator and was really kind of only at that point kind of like involved in like strategic type stuff. Uh, so like, you know, some uh, bigger negotiations, uh, you know, M&A, that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, and I had moved, uh, we were in Texas at that point. Uh, we had left Florida and uh, I um, moved out to Southern California uh, in 2010, I guess it was. So I've been on here about 10 years and, um, yeah. So, you know, from there, uh, that's, that's kind of, that led into angel investing, consulting, and just opened up all of these doors, uh, because we had, uh, you know, HostGator was sold, uh, had a very successful exit and, uh, it just, you know, opened up a lot of doors and then, uh, now you know i'm i work with a lot of businesses you know do consulting and you know still have uh you know the voice of ip service uh you know we have about a hundred thousand customers all over the country uh some in canada not as many but in the us we have about a hundred thousand and yeah so yeah i mean it's interesting what you said about dial-up because uh, when i moved from india i mean india was even better like it was it was a joke uh, uh, when I, in 97, and the first 
time I landed in Canada, that was the first thing I purchased. I mean, obviously, I purchased a PC. And I was like, yep. wow, you can get like stable, fast internet. This is like crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, that was the same feeling. Like, you know, whenever I first moved out, I was like, I, I was excited. I was like, wait a minute, I can get DSL and cable yeah. internet? Like, which one do I want? You know, so I got both and tried them. And, you know, it was... Uh, it, it was uh it was interesting and you know that actually that was you know over the years at hostgator it was one of those situations where you know looking back uh we we didn't always know what to do we just figured it out you know and we just went and we always just really focused on the fundamentals and you know like provide really good service uh if there's a problem, you know, we were very transparent about it and fixed it. And, uh, you know, we just tried to do the best that we could and, uh, you know, treat uh, everyone well, you know, in terms of customers, employees, all that. And uh, it, you know, it just all worked out, you know, and I think sometimes people, people get, you know, they overcomplicate things, you know, and think like, well, you know, I, how am I going to, you know, I have to hire people. How do I do that? You know, there's so much involved and, you know, it's like, if you just look at things like one thing at a time and just break them down, um, it usually kind of works out, you know, and even if you make a few mistakes, it, uh, it works out. So we were unique in that we didn't, uh, have any, it was pretty much all, uh, organic growth in terms of we did not have any like venture capital or outside investors or anything it was um you know essentially all the profit for the most part was just being rolled back in and uh the bulk of the business actually grew from google adwords and uh the affiliate program so you know we had an affiliate program where we paid out uh, commissions and you know so we had like this army of people that were promoting it and uh, those two things and word of mouth really are you know how we grew and uh, we had some some very fun and interesting times there I'm sure, I'm sure. so just so that uh, you know because uh, uh, like I've, I have gone through these kind of hyper growth um, periods and it is as you said like very interesting challenging people make mistakes but you gotta move on and uh, you know uh, Go, uh, go with the flow. So just so that people understand what kind of scale did you achieve, what kind of growth, can you give us an idea, like how many employees, how many servers, uh, or like what kind of inf- like what kind of growth did you experience so that people can understand, you know, how? Yeah, so so whenever, whenever I joined, you know, the company, there were just a hand, handful of people there. And, you know, I was, uh, uh, technically, I guess I was this, I was COO. Um, it was kind of like a, I know you can do like, you can help do a lot of good stuff. I don't really know what you're going to do. So pick your title and figure out what you want to do, uh, you know, but uh, we, uh, you know, basically went from, from that time to, uh, I mean, we went, th- we hired within that a year, we hired two or 300 more employees. I mean, we were growing in terms of revenue. It was just like compounding. Uh, you know, and, and it was kind of, you know, most of the numbers are public now because the company was acquired by 
a company that's publicly traded, a holding company that owns a bunch of other hosting companies. And uh, so some of the numbers are out, but uh, we uh, the revenue was in the hundreds of millions. And, uh, you know, the exit was in the hundreds of millions. Uh, we had about, at the time that I was there, a little over 10,000 servers. And uh, we had about 40,000 resellers, which that's a really interesting thing because back then, uh, you know, reseller accounts weren't as popular for hosts to offer. Um, some people thought, you know, it's going to create a lot of competition. You know, we're basically creating competition for ourselves, but we didn't look at it that way. We looked at it as like, you know, we're uh, basically, you know, it's still very profitable to offer. And we're basically like, in a way, like giving people the ability to start a business that uh, was one of the the stable ways to generate, you know, like, that's why I love SaaS, like the, the subscription revenue. Um, and the margins were just good because we had, you know, like with servers, you know, basically we would uh, lease a server, you know, so our cost for, you know, the power, the connection to the internet, you know, all of that um, might have been, you know, a few hundred dollars and, you know, we could put a couple thousand customers on there. So, you know, they were paying, you know, anywhere from 10 to $30 each a month. So. Beyond that, our next biggest, you know, thing uh, was uh, the uh, employee overhead. So, so uh, one thing you mentioned was, uh, you know, providing uh, excellent service and taking care of the customers. Uh, with hundreds yep. of thousands of customers, how do you do that at, at that scale? You know, I think a lot of it was really uh, making sure that we had a close pulse on everything that was going on. Cause I think a lot of times like people, um, as companies grow, uh, they kind of compartmentalize things, you know? And so then you have like a management team and it's like, they're so busy dealing with different new challenges that come up as part of the growth that then it's like, okay, well I have a customer service manager, you know, I have someone that's handling that. So I can kind of just ignore it. Um, and I have to give a lot of credit, uh, you know, to Brent, the, the founder, uh, you know, that founded it because he would actually pretty much right until the company was sold. I mean, you know, and at that time, you know, he was making, you know, we were like a couple hundred million, you know, a year. It was like you know, highly profitable. So, you know, he was, uh, going well, but he would still hop on support calls, uh, hop in live chat and, he always just put his personal email address out there. Uh, you know, and we kind of all did that because it, it was one of those things that uh, people really appreciated it. And having that pulse on it, you know, allowed us to uh, really see things from the customer viewpoint and be able to try to make things uh better based on what the customers wanted and not just some arbitrary goal that, you know, we set. And so, uh, you know, it was like, let's just say like on a message board or something, because back then, you know, Facebook and social networks weren't as prominent, you know, it was more um, message boards and things like that. And people would post reviews or, 
And it got to a point where, you know, people would post negative things and, uh, you know, there would be like this army of people that would just be like, let's wait to hear their side of it, you know? And, uh, you know, I remember once one of the funniest things with Brett, because Brett would just go on and just say, hey, you know, I, I really don't think that, you know, our rep told you that, but if they did, then I need to deal with that. And so if send me forward that email to me, let me look it up and pull your account up. And if they told you that, then I'm going to PayPal you a couple hundred dollars for pointing it out. And then I'm going to go fire that person or deal with it because that's unacceptable You know, because people sometimes would get, uh, you know, just get a little, uh, exaggerate a little, you know, like my website's been, you know, down for, you know, all day or something. And it was like a five minute thing. And, you know, I've, I'm losing millions of dollars every minute. And, you know, and there was once that Brent actually posted on there that I, I thought was just, he just, he told the, you know, there was a guy that, you know, had a website, but, you know, he was like saying, you know, they, I'm losing like a million dollars every day and everything. And, you know, and he had a $10 a month hosting plan. So, you know, it was kind of like the website obviously was not making that much money, but Brent actually just said, said, uh, please email me your phone number ASAP. I want to call you. I want to get you on a flight. I want you to come down here because you're making a million dollars with your website. I want to know how you're doing it. And like, let's work on some stuff together, you know? And uh, it, it built trust, you know, because people would, uh, they knew that there was that open.